your direction is more important than your speed. Hmm. And what people do incorrectly all the time is they will just take what comes to them. I call it hitchhiking through your career where they will blast out as many applications as possible. They think, oh, this is a numbers game. I'm just gonna blast out as many applications as possible. And then whoever asks them to an interview, whoever gives them the job offer, that is now their next career step. This is your career GPS. The podcast designed to help teens, young adults, students, new graduates, and emerging professionals navigate their career journey. And your journey starts now. Welcome back to Your Career GPS. Uh, Brad and I are so excited to be back. It's 2022. It's our first episode back in the new year and really excited to be back after a couple weeks off between the holidays and the new year and even more excited to bring just some really great content and some really great guests to the podcast this year. And as I'm sure many of you have been thinking about and maybe writing down, creating vision boards, whatever you do at the beginning of the year, you're really starting to kind of think about what those goals are for the year. And our episode today, I think, is just so perfectly slotted for this time of year to really be thinking about your journey and your next steps, your goals, and some really practical ways to take those steps and to make sure that you're really setting yourself up for success. So I know I'm super excited about our guest and this topic today. Before we dive into it, please make sure that you are following us on all platforms, like, subscribe, all of those things so that you can stay up to date throughout the new year on everything we're doing because I promise there's some good stuff to come. So Brad, could you introduce our guest? Yeah, I think uh, excited is like an understatement at, <laughs> at this point in time. So that's fair. Uh, that's fair. An, another incredible guest that we have uh, waited a long time and finally made some moves to uh, to have uh, with us is Madeline Mann. So excited. So let me tell you a little bit about Madeline in case you didn't know. I, there's no way that you shouldn't know by now, but Madeline is the founder of Self-Made Millennial, a YouTube channel focused on career advice. She provides useful career tips and tricks through her master classes in TikTok videos. Madeline graduated from the University of California, San Diego with a bachelor's degree in psychology and began her career in human resources. She then became a human resources specialist at Scopely and the director of people operations at GEMHQ. She received her master's degree in applied psychology from the University of Southern California. Welcome, welcome, Madeline. So good to be here, Brad. We are so excited to have this conversation with you today. Uh, just to kind of get us started here a little bit, I was hoping you could kind of tell our listeners a little bit about um, this journey to create Self-Made Millennial and then, you know, really, I guess what the past year has been like for you now going all in on this brand and uh, the incredible work that you're doing. Yeah, so I really did a lot of hard work to figure out what I wanted to do in my career. Uh, I got a psychology degree, just as you mentioned, and really only thing that anyone ever tells you to do with a psychology degree is to become a therapist. But there is so much other ways that you can apply psychology. And, and Brad, I also know you have a psychology degree as well. And there's Indeed. so many different directions you can take that degree. And so I ended up, you know, there's, that's a long story of how I found it, but I found out HR 
is the path I want. Now, no little girl grows up saying, I want to be a human resources manager, but it was through really exploring my options and not necessarily going for what you know sounded the sexiest, but actually played to my strengths and values. That's the reason why I went on this path. And so I ended up working my way up quickly, which is what happens when you're able to build mastery in something that plays to your strengths. And when I was the director of people operations at GEM, I was the one who was working with all of these executives to hire employees. I saw everything that was said in the back rooms of these of, of when we're discussing candidates. And I thought if only these candidates knew what they were doing right and wrong, they would be making much bigger career leaps. And so I started responding to people's applications and I thought I was going to be everyone's hero but it ended up being an absolute disaster. People, turns out, are not very good at accepting critical feedback. And so I thought, all right, instead of replying to each person individually, this is taking too much time, this is taking too much energy, and people are getting angry, I am going to share this content. So I started sharing it on YouTube, which then expanded to LinkedIn and TikTok. And a few years later, it's, you know, we're now approaching a, a million uh, people in the audience and really just hundreds of thousands of success stories. Yeah, I love hearing that that story and how something that started in a traditional nine to five job, we'll say, really launched you into this entire very similar, but also very different kind of career path from doing that. So I, I love hearing that story. And I want to really dive right into some of the the information that you share with people and through your work and your videos, you've talked a little bit about taking the quote unquote long route as being kind of the best way or a way to shorten your job search. And so I think, you know, some people listening may be like, what does that even mean the long way? So can you talk about that a little bit and how it can be effective when people are job searching? Yes, Cassie, when it comes to your career, your direction is more important than your speed. Mm. And what people do incorrectly all the time is they will just take what comes to them. I call it hitchhiking through your career where they will blast out as many applications as possible. They think, oh, this is a numbers game. I'm just going to blast out as many applications as possible. And then whoever asks them to an interview, whoever gives them the job offer, that is now their next career step. And it's just like hitchhiking in that they're sticking their thumb out and just whichever car comes by and starts driving them, that is the direction they're going in. And what ends up happening is you end up, you get into your career, you look back 10 years later, 20 years later, 30 years later, I work with job seekers of all different ages. And they, so many of them face the same issue is that they realize that they have been having, they've been getting good jobs, but they've never gotten the right job. They are not happy in their career. They are not uh, fulfilled, even if it looks like it from the outside. And it's because they never did the hard work. It is very hard work to figure out exactly what your next step is. But there is a system. I have a system called One Page Career Vision, and it has just had amazing results for people. And so once you do the work, you can really make sure that you're going in the right direction. But as you said before, it's not necessarily the quickest thing to do, but in the long term, you're not going to be hitchhiking. You're going to be driving in a straight line in a in a high luxury jet, right? 
I love this. And it fits perfectly in uh, with our kind of theme of the podcast with following yeah. the GPS and, and knowing where you're going. And like you said, it is it is hard work and it does take time. So if any of our listeners are really kind of struggling with that clarity aspect and they're not really sure what they want to focus on, are there a top two or three kind of points of focus for someone to get that clarity or starting points for people if they're kind of in this situation? The first starting point is your strengths. So as I mentioned before, we, in our job search, we do not want to chase, what are you passionate about? Or what are your, let's look at some of your hobbies. What are the hobbies you like? And that can be the industry you work in. Mm -hmm. No, that doesn't necessarily lead to happiness. And when you mix hobbies and work, you end up just hating your hobbies. So what you instead want to do is focus on mastery. The way you focus on mastery is understanding what your strengths are. If you've ever played, no matter what sport you played growing up, or, or maybe you did dance or you did theater, a lot of times we, we gravitate the things where we kind of have this natural leg up. We kind of naturally, you know, we just knew how to hold a baseball bat or we were kind of fast on the soccer field. And what happens is when you go for that, it's actually a lot of fun to build that mastery um, in, in your career, you then start moving up the ladder more quickly and you're not struggling. You're not muscling through work that was difficult. That's especially difficult for you. For example, I worked in market research and one of the things was I just had to look at a bunch of data and just make sure it was all correct and, and go line by line by line. And I'm not a detail oriented person. Mm -hmm. And so by the time I got to 5 p.m., I was just, I would leave work immediately because my energy was completely expended. And so my ability to work my way up in that company, yes, I could have done it, but it would have taken so much effort because my, my ability to, to build mastery in that profession would have gone against my nature. So that's the first one. Uh, the second one is your values. So really understanding what do you value in a job? Again, so many people say, well, I value fashion, fashion's great, or I value hockey, or, you know, you just think of these things, or, or I value health and wellness. And those are more industries. That's not necessarily I value being uh, merit-based work, where I will be promoted based on how well I do versus who I know. Um, I, um, one of my values is to be able to get home to my family in the evening and have dinner. Well, there's plenty of jobs where you will be working through dinner more nights than you won't. Just things like this where a lot of us don't think about it and instead go for the flashiest job instead of thinking to our values. And then finally, the third thing you want to think about is the market demand. So you want to choose a career path where there are more jobs opening than there are closing. And you also want to understand what are the salaries, both in early career, mid-career, and late career. Um, some, some roles will have declining role openings and the, the salaries are pretty much stagnant or slightly increasing over course of a career. Now, if you are in a financial place where that's fine for you or you have a very uh, a lifestyle that doesn't really demand um, as, as much capital, then that's fine. But for other people, you know, they want to have a family. They want to be able to travel, different things. And so you really need to keep that into consideration because what so many people think is that their career needs to be 
everything that they love about life. But really, it needs to be a place where you're playing to your strengths. It's really giving you everything you need and supplying you with the capital to have a holistic, wonderful life that you can also do other amazing things um, in, in your other hours. Wow. I'm over here taking notes because <laughs> <laughs> I love the way that you're putting these elements together. And it's and it's really, really uh, for us, I think, bringing so many of the concepts that we've had past guests talk about uh, and really kind of tie them together. And I think it's it, it's amazing um, this talk about, you know, really you know, playing to your strengths really equates to how successful that you're going to be, obviously, because you're swimming with the current rather than against it. You know, really putting into perspective what you value means that you're going to have work that's going to integrate into your life more and it's going to be ultimately more fulfilling. And then really thinking about the, the market demand means that you're not going to find yourself on the chopping block because you're always going to be meeting other people's needs um, and you're going to find yourself um, bringing considerable value to others. So all of these things like just, you know, blend in so well together. I want to kind of pivot for a quick second into, you know, kind of taking uh, some of these things now and, and applying them into job search. And this is one of your areas of specialty. And, and as we kind of focus a little bit more on, on our young people, um, you know, who we like to speak to in this podcast, um, really one of the things that, that we talk a lot about is, uh, about this networking piece and about building relationships. And, you know, one of the things that, that you talk about, um, through your platforms is, uh, really this, this really great central question of who do you know that knows something about, um, as a platform, as a, as an, a branch that you can now leap off of, um, to really start that those conversations. So I was kind of hoping you could tell uh, us a little bit more about what that means and, and how to utilize it. Okay, great. This is a great template for people to use. So we all have people in our network. That is just a fact. I think that sometimes we underestimate how many people we have in our network. Um, and another thing I teach is if you feel like you don't have anyone in your network, well, congratulations, you have access to the internet and you can just forge relationships. But what you're referring to is um, a, a phrase that we can use um, both for people we already know or for others who are just meeting. And essentially, you in order for what I'm about to say to work, you need to understand what you're asking for. I'll tell you, too often people say to me, oh, Madeline, do you, do you know of any open roles? I can really do anything. No, I don't. I have no idea how to help you. I'm, you know, I have no clue. Or someone will say, and, and people, these people will do this up through even being C-level. They'll say something like, I'm looking for an innovative company um, with great values where I can do meaningful work. I have no idea how to help that person. I, no jobs come to mind. It's just so vague. And this is the way we ask for help. And it's not going to work. And so um, by using the phrase, if I'm, if I'm, you know, let's say I reach out to Cassie and I was like, hey, it was so great chatting with you the other month and being on the podcast. I'm looking to make a career shift. And, um, you know, I, I'm really interested in um, project management in 
the uh, at like a high growth tech startup? Do you know anyone who knows anything about that? Okay, so now what Cassie is thinking is, okay, who do I know who's at a tech startup? That could be a friend of hers. And now who do I know who's a project manager? And maybe she'll introduce me. I'm like, hey, yeah, my cousin works at this tech startup in Austin. Um, he doesn't quite do project management, but he's on the engineering team. And I know he works with the project manager, right? So we're already getting somewhere. And so this is a great way to start seeding in people's minds okay, how can you get others to make intros for you? And it's a great way to just start meeting people because in the job search, you should never measure your progress in the job search by the number of applications you submit. You should measure it by the number of interactions you have with others. I love that nugget at the end there of of how we're kind of monitoring our job search. And I I think kind of this idea of asking that question, who do you know that knows something about and really having that that focus provides such good direction and really helps people and, and hopefully helps our listeners think about who exactly they should be talking to and really giving that person the direction to then take that connection from. So I, I appreciate you sharing that and kind of jumping off what you just said and into the job search a little bit more as we all know, Brad and I work with students and young professionals all the time. The job search can just be such a long process and people can get really kind of bogged down by how much time they're spending on it and getting rejections and kind of everything that comes with that like emotional side of job searching. So what advice do you have for job seekers who may kind of be in that headspace right now? It is such a difficult headspace. It doesn't matter who you are because there's another side of the interaction where you're not sure what's going through their mind. And they might take three weeks to get back to you and you might be thinking the entire time, I lost the opportunity. And three weeks later, they show up in your inbox with the job offer. It's it's so, it's so grueling. Um, for this, I would say, um, first of all, still be proactive. I think too many people say if like, let's, let's take that example, three weeks, you haven't heard from the company, too many people just give up there. They say, well, I haven't heard from the company. I guess that's it. Okay. I, uh, I think it was a year, it, I think maybe actually two years ago now, I just wrote up three follow-up emails. I just wrote them up and I give them out for free. They're on the front page of madelineman.com, just free follow-up email templates. And the amount of success stories, I've gotten thousands and thousands of emails back saying, oh my gosh, I thought my opportunity was dead in the water. I sent this exact email you, you told me and, and now I have another interview or now I have a job offer. So I think it's very easy for us to assume the worst when really there's, I mean, I've been behind the scenes of these companies. It's chaotic. They have product launches and people who, the manager who was hiring for that role just left and now they're trying to figure out someone else to hire for that role and all these things. And it, it's all things that have nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. And the second piece is, is that you just need that one opportunity that speaks to you to break through. That next interview you have can change your life forever. And just know that every time you go into an interview, even if you feel beaten down, you feel rejected over and over again, you don't feel good enough. If you prepare, right, you can use all the resources you all pro provide. You can go to my YouTube channel to, to learn about, all about interview prep. If you use those, 
you can come in as a completely new person, a completely revamped person. This company has no idea who you are. So just know that there are so many opportunities to reinvent yourself, even if you felt really down in the dumps. Yes. Amazing, amazing points there. And you're so right. And and having conversations with so many students, it's, you know, it's, a matter of days before they're already feeling rejected. <laughs> you know, I haven't right. heard anything back. It's been three days. Give it some time. Let it marinate a little bit. And and you might be surprised. And as you said, there's, there's a really beautiful part about that follow-up piece yeah. um, where a, a lot of that magic can happen and you're still staying within that, uh, that hiring manager's consciousness. And I, I think there's some really, really great things. The other thing that really stuck out for me too is just about you know, how you can turn over a new leaf so quickly. And a lot of times people don't take that. They they have those rejections or the things kind of pile up and they tend to just be residuals and they just carry that into the next job that they're applying for. And it's just this this umbrella that just kind of hovers over top of them. And so I, I think the, those are some really, really great reminders. You know, one of the tools in the job seekers tool bag today that is so advantageous is is linkedin and one of the things that we've been doing here a lot lately with with our guests is kind of plugging a little bit into best ways to really utilize linkedin in terms of um, job search particularly as a student or new grad who's trying to find that way and trying to find direction and as you said before, this is a great way to invent. This is a great way to reinvent, right? Great way to network and start those conversations like, who else do you know? But I'd love your thoughts on how uh, these young people now who are venturing into this crazy time that we're living in uh, can utilize a platform like LinkedIn or really get the most out of it to stand on their own. Definitely. So Brad, one of the ways I used LinkedIn back when I was in college and trying to figure out what move to make next is, like I said, I was a psychology major, just such a broad thing. And so what I did is I typed the word psychology into my LinkedIn search bar. And then I went over to the people tab and I searched for everyone in my network and my first degree connections, my second degree connections, who had a psychology degree so I could figure out what they did with it. And you can do this with anything. Let's say that you're really, um, you know, into biology or you're really into, um, you know, a certain nonprofit and, and someone else who's also, uh, you know, associated with that nonprofit, whatever it is. And you want to then look and see what they've done. And so what I ended up doing is I spoke to, um, a school psychologist who ended up being a college friend's mother. I ended up speaking with a human capital consultant. I spoke with, uh, of course, a therapist. I spoke with um, a, a recruiter, a human resources manager, all these different roles. And I was able to narrow it down. Um, one of my values was that I really like to achieve. Like I like to work my way up. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't become a therapist because it's like, you're not, you're not really being collaborative. You're not really working your way up. You're kind of more solitary and working with clients. And so you just have to learn yourself. So then, you know, I started getting to know people. One of the people I got to know was someone who was a senior in the sorority I was in when I was a freshman. And we just happened to be connected on LinkedIn. And she had gotten a psychology degree and she was working in human resources. 
And so I, I got to know her over the course of, of a few years. And then by the time when I had gotten my master's degree in organizational psychology, I was out there working. Uh, she ended up getting my first big job in human resources. And so all of these conversations that you're having, it's not that you necessarily have them because they will get you your jobs, but you will have them. And these will be the people who get you your job. But it's just, it's just so incredible how you putting yourself out there and just telling people your story, them investing in your learning journey. People love to do that. People love to help you, especially if you're a student, that is the golden ticket. People love to help students. And she ended up being the one to get me that job. So really utilizing LinkedIn in that way. Um, just the world is your oyster. That is a really, really amazing point that you just made. And um, I just absolutely love that. And I think one of the things that I'm constantly talking uh, with the students and the clients that I'm working with consistently is about trying to find those gray spaces in life. Mm. And um, psychology, you bring up, (laughs) I'm a psychology uh, grad myself. And a lot of times that when we kind of start out, that's like how narrow minded uh, so many students tend to be is that, okay, psychology equals psychologist. And that's the extent of my career options. And through those conversations, it just opens up so many doors and so many opportunities to just be able to explore and and discover all these like nooks and crannies of ways that you can utilize psychology skills in different ways. And I love that. I love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Well, and I think LinkedIn too, I always say to the students I'm working with, like, there's just so much information out there. And there's so many ways for you to collect that information and to see the different career paths that people have taken, whether you're searching keywords, like you mentioned, or you're looking at the alumni pages of the schools that you attend and following companies that you're interested in and seeing where did their employees work before they got to that company or how, you know, how have they made their career moves and kind of what has their journey been can just be so beneficial for people to, to learn and to see how others have either gone down a similar path or a totally different one that you didn't even know existed. So I love that we're plugging LinkedIn and I hope everyone's kind of running to their computers to um, update their profiles and, and play with some of these tools. And so I want to kind of bring it back a little bit to the job search, but also staying on this networking path, I think can be good too. And talking a little bit about the pressure that a lot of job seekers feel to kind of have that right job or to have that perfect fit. And you you talked a little bit about people's values not really aligning with the things that they actually want and the importance of that, that clarity. But is there a quote unquote right job? Is that something that job seekers should be focusing on? Or is it like you're saying that opportunities can just more kind of come up when we're doing this work along the way? And and I guess what advice do you have for our listeners if they're kind of worrying about that right now? I would say that there are right jobs and wrong jobs, but not in the way we've been taught. So again, people think that the right job is that you're going to be hyper passionate about it, that you're going to be doing what you love. Work is work. You, you want to do a job that is, you know, there's a reason why it's so difficult to become an actor. It's because there's, it's, first of all, acting is really fun. I did theater in high school. It's a blast. Um, And also there's more actors than there are, you know, 
spots on on television shows. And so while, you know, if you are drawn to just the thing that it makes you super happy, you just have to be prepared for it to be highly competitive. And um, there might be some things that don't necessarily play to your values in there. So when you're thinking about this, you want to think about, again, the strengths, values, and the market demand. And when it comes to the right fit, it's where you go to work and you're energized. You do the work and you feel like you're making progress. You're growing. Um, you are working somewhere that that boosts your confidence, that you know really helps you to feel like you're working with great people versus makes you second guess yourself, diminishes your self-worth, all those things. So I think if you've worked at a lot of places that has really long hours, doesn't pay you enough. Um, there's never seems to be enough in the job openings. Um, you can never seem to rise to the top of your peer group. Then you've never been at a job that's a good fit for you. And so I think sometimes you, it's just, it's just resetting the way you're looking for these jobs. And you'll come to find that, you know, I ended up working in the, uh, blockchain cryptocurrency industry before I was really interested and invested in that technology. But one of my values is I really love technology. I love innovation. And so it doesn't necessarily mean that I went into that career path because it was something that I was gaga over, but it was because I saw that they were like, you know, really nimble company and um, they were doing big new things. And I knew that I could help craft a culture that really um, emulated what I want to see in a company. So you have to just think a little bit more uh, about the the intangibles rather than, oh, does this sound cool? Yeah, so many brilliant points in that. And, um, you know, I, I think the, the core message is really taking the time to really take an inventory of all of those things that you mentioned and, uh, and not just kind of going with what looks attractive at face value. And so I think it's really, really great. And, and the self-awareness piece, we keep coming back to that so often, just, just really knowing who you are, um, you know, I think is, is so key. So Madeline, you, you provided so much incredible, um, you know, wisdom and insights today. If you had one, you know, and this is our, our quintessential question. If you had one that you could pass along to the next generation, that's the, that's the top of your list. What would that be? Um, I would say that persistence gets jobs really don't, you don't want to be a passive person in this process. The passive person hitchhikes through their career. The passive person sends out applications and just hopes that someone calls them back. This is the person who is not creating a career that is going to light them up, that's going to get them the highest earning potential, that's not going to be at companies that have healthy cultures where they thrive. So stop being so passive, get in the active seat. And if you're doing the same thing over and over again, and it's not getting you the results you want, you need to get a coach. You need to get help because this is something that none of us are really taught the job market is consistently changing and advice in the job search should not be regurgitated. It needs to be constantly updated. And so I think a lot of us have regurgitated uh, learnings about the way our career should be um, from people who, who love us, but just don't understand the job market these days. And so really stretching yourself to be that persistent candidate. 
Oh, you made me so happy. Uh, I literally used the word passive uh, today uh, in one of my uh, comments on a LinkedIn post today. So it it just it, it brings it home for me because that's that's a perfect word to put it. You know, this this passive person, the one that hitchhikes through their careers, they're going to be the ones that are going to find themselves, you know, 30, 40 years old, just completely unsatisfied, realizing that they've just taken the easy route all the way along, didn't take that inventory, weren't really assessing what truly matters to them and their values and where they can apply their strengths the best. And so all of these points have just been absolutely amazing. And um, so we thank you so, so very much for taking the time with us today. So uh, if you haven't followed Madeline already, I am sure you're going to want to. Um, she's got some incredible content. Um, so Madeline, what are those places that they can connect with you? Absolutely. You can find me on YouTube. Go to Self Made Millennial there. You can follow me on LinkedIn, uh, Madeline Mann. And then, of course, you can get lots of free resources, join um, some free masterclasses by going to my website, MadelineMann.com. Awesome. Definitely check out all of those resources and all of Madeline's content. And again, Madeline, we can't thank you enough for being on the podcast. Like uh, Brad said at the beginning, we've, we've been waiting and hoping for this one and just really appreciate the value and insight that you've provided to our listeners today. So thank you again for being here. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. This is your career GPS and your journey awaits. 